What is good, everybody? This is Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. You are listening to MTMV Sports. My team, my voice, your team, their voice. They got you covered every day, every time that you need it. Keep it locked. Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. What's up, my ballers? For a quiet time with God, um, I, I want to start the segment with a prayer. And I just want to pray for all the hurting people out there, you know, because hurt people hurt people. So um, I just want to pray and just, you know, really um, just reflect on, you know, how people are, you know, really struggling, you know, especially during Corona. And so I just want to start off with a prayer. Um, Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day. Thank you, Lord, for just being you and um, thank you, Lord, for just letting us be able to be alive today. And, you know, I really appreciate everything that you do for us. And I just pray that, you know, the people that are hurting right now, that are struggling, that are really trying to figure out what they want to do with their lives or, you know, really trying to figure out who they are, help them to really just, you know, stop hurting people and really figure out who they are and, and find out who they are in Christ so when you are confident in who you are in Christ, you you are happier, you are, you know, just more joyful and you you're you know what you want and you know, it's just your life is more satisfying and more fulfilling. And that's just coming from my experience, you know, with my relationship with you, Lord. So thank you for just, you know, giving us Jesus and letting him, you know, just die for us and suffer for us and live a human life and, you know, just be able to, you know, die for us and then rise from the dead on the third day. And we are, give you all the praise and all the glory, you know, because you did not have to, you know, send your son to us, but you did. And we give you all the glory and the honor, Lord, for giving us your son and just for being you. And, um, thank you so much. And I just, want to spread that love and joy to everyone that's listening and I really do appreciate you Lord and I hope that everyone that's listening to my voice is able to get some peace and comfort from this prayer and from you know just inspiration and I just I love you Lord and we I love all you that's listening and thank you so much for you know staying with me with this prayer in Jesus name amen What's up, my ballers? This Baller of the Week segment goes to Women's History Month, last month in March. I know I'm a little late, but I really wanted to showcase all the great women that have done like some really good stuff um, for the NBA, for the WNBA. And for the first time in league history, there was an all-female broadcast crew calling the Raptors game against the Denver Nuggets. And that was in March, March 24th. And the event was to celebrate the contributions women have made to sports. So the first person that I want to introduce to you all is Megan McPeak, if you didn't know her. She is a Canadian basketball play-by-play broadcaster who currently calls games for the Washington Mystics of the WNBA and the Capital City Go-Go of the NBA G League. And then the next person that was calling the game was Kia Nurse, and she is... She played for the Canadian women's national basketball team 
and or she still plays for him and WNBA's Phoenix Mercury. And she joined her in the booth as a color commentator. And then Kayla Gray of TSN handled the sideline duties. And Kate Burness and Amy Burt, they both hosted the show and provided an analysts. So the goal of the evening was to show women and girls across the country. This was said by John Wiggins. He's the Raptors vice president of organizational diversity and inclusion. And he basically said that he wanted to show women and girls across the country that working in sports, sports journalism, and sports broadcasting are viable and achievable career paths. So I think that was really awesome. And so I think that that is just monumental. And it was a, I, I catch some of it, and it was a really, they did a really good job. So I'm really proud of them. And it really inspired me to keep going in sports journalism. Now, the second, um, they, you know, the Golden State Warriors, they followed the Raptors lead and they had an all-female radio broadcast for their March 29th game against the Chicago Bulls. And there were six women that they, you know, that, that was uh, comprised of the radio broadcast. And the first woman was Kareth Burke and she hosted the pregame, halfgame and postgame. And then there was Kate Scott and Mary Murphy. They did the play-by-play analysis during the game. And then Chani Aguamika, she was doing the on the pregame coaches show with Steve Kerr. And then the fifth woman was Whitley San- Sanrito, as she was the 95.7 The Game's on-site reporter. And then the se- sixth person was Tanika Smothers, and she managed the production's audio. So everything was done by women, which was awesome. So I really wanted to get to know these women. So I I did some research on them. Um, Not all of them, but some that really stood out to me. And I really like, um, you know, Chani Aquamika. It took me a while to, uh, you know, to get her name. But, you know, (laughs) she she was doing the uh, the coaches show. And I found out that she is the first black woman to host a national radio show for ESPN. She's one of the first and youngest basketball analysts for the network. And she was still actively playing in the WNBA. And she's still playing in the WNBA today. So that's incredible. She was a, she's a multitasker. And she was, you know, she was really super excited about reporting on an NBA game. And she never thought that she would have this opportunity. So she was, she's really excited. I would be excited. Um, also, you know, I really like, uh, Kareth, Kareth Burke's advice. Like she started from humble beginnings, you know, she lugged a 20 pound camera around. She was, you know, learning how to edit, you know, she just learned the business side. So, you know, you can't just go from, you know, out of college to ESPN, you know, she, she made, she made, she paid her dues, you know, she worked for it. And finally, you know, she was able to get promoted to sideline reporter, but she, she knows she said yes to every opportunity she could get, you know, she threw herself into it. She didn't know anything about being a sideline reporter, but she didn't say no. She just, you know, talked to people, talked to her mentors, and she basically figured it out and she didn't let fear, you know, keep her from doing an opportunity that could change the course of her career, you know, so you got to keep networking, you know, build relationships with people. Don't burn bridges with people. And, you know, she said to stay ready and never, she, you never know, you know, when an opportunity is going to come your way. So you got to stay ready. 
And then she, you know, she was also saying, conquer your fear and just go for it, you know, have fun because sports is supposed to be fun and, you know, just smile and go for it. And I'm not sure who said this, but it says, you know, this is sports. We're not curing cancer. So I really like that quote uh, because, you know, we're just having fun. Sports is supposed to be a fun, you know, sport, you know, not fun sport, but a fun job, you know? So I think that, you know, we shouldn't take it so seriously and just have fun. And I also learned that uh, Kate Scott, she was the first woman to call an NFL game on the radio, the first to call football for the Pac-12 network, and she was a play-by-play announcer for the first all-female NHL broadcast in the U.S. And she um, she was the one that led the broadcast for the Golden State Warriors game. She did the play-by-play calls, and she had to fill in big shoes for, you know, the longtime voice of the Warriors, Tim Roy. And so she was basically, you know, put on the spot. They were, she was on the show with him and he was like, uh, what are you doing on the 29th? And I'm, she was like, oh, you know, I'm just watching the game. And she's like, he said, wait, what if you want to call it? And she was like, what? You know, she was pretty shocked about it. She was like, you know, kind of like, what? Are you serious? And he was serious. So, you know, she was really excited about that. But, you know, she credits all her success, you know, to her connection she's made through the years. You know, it takes time to get to where she's at. And, you know, she also had a mentor in Mary Murphy, which also was her partner in, you know, doing the play-by-plays. And she's basically a, a veteran in the game. She's a legend. You know, she was a head coach of the University of Wisconsin, Madison Badgers, you know, for eight seasons. And she led them to the first NCAA tournament appearance in 1992. And she's been a strong presence in the WNBA and NCAA broadcast. So there's really some heavy hitters in the radio broadcast for the Golden State Warriors versus the Chicago Bulls game. You know, so um, I just love the women empowerment that was, you know, going on, you know, in the WNBA WNBA and also in the NBA. So we are just, you know, making a presence in both sides, you know, of basketball. So I think that's pretty awesome. And that's why they're the ballers of the week. I had to put more than one this week because it was just so many that just made big splashes in the NBA history. And so I really wanted to showcase that. I just want to end y'all with this. Stay bold, stay brave, and stay balling. Peace. What's up, my ballers? I want to start off mental health check-in with a six things I'm grateful for. Um, The first thing I'm grateful for is that Jesus has risen, he's alive today, and that Resurrection Day was a pretty great day for me, and, you know, just happy that Jesus died, he bled for us, he suffered for us, but he rose on the third day, and he saved us from from our sin and from ourselves, so I'm grateful for that. Um, Second thing I'm grateful for is the love of my family, I'm grateful for, you know, just having food to eat, you know, a roof over my head, clothes to wear, I'm grateful for my drive and ambition, you know, just not giving up. I'm grateful for my beautiful, you know, family, just warm and sunny days, especially today. Today was a beautiful day today um, for Easter, for Resurrection Day. And I'm grateful for the pastor's sermon because I learned so much about how Jesus died for us, you know, how he suffered his crucifixion, his crucifixion, um, his crucifixion. And the day he, you know, he overcame death and he rose from the dead with all power in his hands. 
So he over he overcame death. So that is something to be grateful for. And, you know, I'm really grateful just for, you know, the all the support and love I'm getting from my podcast and just all the, the people I've been meeting and just networking with. And I'm very excited about that. And I wanted to start off with gratitude because that's very important to, um, you know, an, a healthy mental health because um, it's good to be grateful. It makes you happier, makes you more joyful. I've been doing a lot of research on mental health and so I can make um, the segment, you know, just more, you know, uh, informational, but also, you know, inspirational. And um, so that's what um, I learned that, you know, you have to, you know, be grateful and just be joyful and be in the moment, be mindful and, you know, be present in the moment and not worry so much about your past and worry in so not so worry about your future because every day is a gift. It's a in being in the present, you know, you are you enjoy things more and you are just being in the moment. And that is very important to mental health. So that is what I want to say for the mental health check-in. Just be grateful. You know, think about something that, or just one thing that you're grateful for. And, you know, just add on to the list. You know, just be start off with, you know, being having maybe five things that you're grateful for in the morning before you wake up. You know, just write those things down. And then five things that you're grateful for at night and write those things down. Because journaling is also an important part of mental health as well. So... I hope you all have an amazing Easter. I hope you had an amazing Easter. And thank you so much for listening. And I want to end it with this. Stay bold, stay brave, and stay balling. Peace. All right, we're recording now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What's up, my ballers? My name is Keisha Swafford, and I'm here with Erica Suter. She's a soccer strengthening and conditioning coach. And she's going to tell me more about herself and what her journey is and I'm really excited to have her on Ballin' with Keisha sports podcast. So tell me more about yourself. Where are you from? You know, tell me about how you became a soccer coach. Yeah, well, th- first of all, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to, to see other women in sport just doing amazing things. So yeah, this is awesome. Um, so I, I played soccer all through youth and I got serious about it when I was in high school and wanted to play in college. Um, So I just developed a passion for the game and always wanted to see how far I could take it. And I ended up committing to Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore, Maryland. And when I had graduated, I started coaching kids, um, but I had done that down in Brazil. And I, I volunteered and, and coached youth in, in very impoverished communities down there, uh, had lived there for a year. And long story short, I, I get back from that trip in Brazil and I decided I wanted to go all in with working with youth. And I started to uh, train athletes in Maryland uh, in a one-on-one setting and then started to work with teams. And now it's been nine years, I think, of training youth. Um, so it's been just quite quite a journey and something I, I never would have imagined uh, would balloon into something like this. Wow, that is incredible. You went all the way to Brazil? How, yeah. how did that happen? 
Um, well, I, I graduated college and I like, didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't have a job lined up and I was like, okay, I'll just leave the country. And I had uh, found a volunteer program, uh, where I could coach kids and, and they would provide housing. So I went through that program and just went down by myself and just took the jump and lived with a bunch of strangers, <laughs> like wow. from all over the world. And yeah, I was there for a year and it's, it's an amazing culture. It's just, it's just diverse. They love soccer. Um, they're always outside and active. It's just amazing down there. I love, um, Brazil. Cause, um, it's funny cause I work at millionaire and, um, there was a, a Brazilian air force, um, are here right now. Um, and they're so very, they're very respectful and just so nice and genuine. And, you know, um, I know that soccer is a big, big deal in Brazil. So mm -hmm. I, I, you were just, they were just so happy for, to see you. Um, so did you, yeah. did you enjoy, like, what was the, what was it like to, you know, just coach in a whole different country, you know, compared to the United yeah. States? Oh yeah, it was, um, it was very different because of the, the language barrier. So I had to learn Portuguese to get by and to tell kids, okay, there's the goal. Like here's, here's how you pass. And that was really challenging, but fun. I didn't want to be this like tourist who didn't assimilate into the culture. So I wanted to just embrace the culture and the language uh, as best I could. And then another uh, big difference was just the community I was in. I mean, like here, I'm so used to just like fancy facilities and like the resources we have are a, a lot more. Um, whereas uh, kids down there in some of the communities, like they just have like a, a concrete court um, and like ripped cleats or, or um, like a soccer ball that's not pumped up and it's falling apart. So it's, it was really interesting um, that like the lack of resources, but um, they just, it didn't matter. They just were playing the game just because they loved it and they didn't need those extra things, which was really refreshing. It was like the most uh, basic form of soccer and just like you and the ball and, and your friends. So that was a big difference, but it was a really cool one to see. Yeah. I mean, they, they just love the, the game and that's, I think that's lacking in the United States, you know, just the love of the game is more about money and politics and stuff like that. And I think that, you know, the game is just the game. Like I love playing basketball and, you know, I just love, I can play basketball by myself. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think that it's important to just remember what's, what is important is just the love of the game. And that's, I think that's why Tom Brady's still playing because <laughs> he just loves right. the game. <laughs> yeah. Like every year we're like, is he going to retire? And then it just doesn't happen. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm just like, he's, he's, he can still do it. I mean, he may be, uh, you know, 43, but he can still go. I mean, I would, I would still play if I could play basketball, you know, for a professional and I'm making money and I'm playing what I love. I'm doing what I love. So, you know I mean, you, you want to do that as long as you, you can. So I, I commit, I commend him for that. Um, and so basketball was actually really big in Brazil. Um, like I oh, know, really? Yeah, like, I think at least for like men, uh, a lot of people were playing basketball down there. So that was really interesting to see because I thought it was just soccer, like futsal and beach volleyball, but the basketball is really growing down there, which is awesome. That's good. And so how did you transition from, you know, coaching in Brazil to going back to the States? 
Yeah, I um so when I when I came back, I started working with just uh one athlete who had found me online. I um promoted my services on a a, tr- a training site, kind of like a Facebook for trainers and I was uh so happy just one person wanted to work with me. So I got like really excited about like training my first client. It was like a 13-year-old girl soccer player and just did really well with her and wanted to get her results and went all in with that first line. From there, it was like just referral after referral. And yeah, it's just like crazy to look back on because uh, now it's like working with, I don't even know, like teams of maybe over like 50 athletes at at the moment now. Um, But I found that just working with that one girl and like really impacting her that was like the best uh, model for me to grow the the training business that that I was in. So that that's really nice to reflect on. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I'm I'm glad that you were able to you know make that transition. Um, so you know, what are you currently doing now? So right now I am in my ninth year of working with kids uh, in speed, strength, and conditioning. So a lot of just enhancing their their performance on the field but also making sure that they're staying resilient to injury so we do a lot of injury prevention uh, and with soccer for girls it's mainly like ACL and uh, lower extremity injuries uh, meniscus ankles so doing a lot there uh, I train both boys and girls but for some reason the the middle school and high school girl just like gravitates towards me and some of them prefer to work with a female coach um, from because of the the emotional connection or they feel they they know more or maybe they want a role model so that's been really cool to embrace and and be that that part of their life and um, my industry is very male dominated um, so it's it's kind of cool to use being a woman to my advantage. <laughs> it's, right. it's actually gotten me. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I'm just trying to embrace it. It's actually gotten me um, more opportunities. I thought I could never get, but at the same time, I still have to prove myself like, look, like this is about being a good coach too. Like I have to be a female role model, but I gotta be good at my job. Like exactly. I gotta keep these girls healthy and make sure they're getting results. So it's um it's a it's a really good challenge, and and I I definitely embrace being a woman now. <laughs> yes, um I I understand that you know being in sports journalism it's it's a male dominated field, but mm-hmm. you know I commend you for just you know keeping keep going and just being able to work in a male-dominated field as well. You know, we have to support each other as women. Um, What are your role models? Who do you look up to? Oh my gosh, I have so many, so many people. Um, For in the soccer world, definitely the the team of the 90s, the World Cup champions. So like uh, Mia Hamm, Michelle Akers, uh, Brianna Scurry, like all those women were in the 90s. They were the start of, women's sports like they like just put their their name on the map and it's like wow like women can like really dominate um and then obviously like Serena Williams uh Lindsay Vaughn and like more of the winter sports and just like there's so many amazing women just doing great things they're amazing at what they do but they also embrace just being strong 
And that's, that's one thing that I try to preach to my athletes. Like it's okay to put on muscle. Like that's, that's how you become good at your sport. That's how you become faster. And I know Serena Williams had gotten a lot of crap for like her body and just being muscular, but it's like, wait, like she's the best tennis player in the world. Like why, you know, why, why are you hating on her? And, um, it it was cool to just see her like really stand up for having that strength and just like being comfortable in your skin and seeing your body as a, a machine to be able to perform. Um, so yeah, all the, all the women in sport are just gr- uh, great role models for me. I, I believe that wholeheartedly because I'm a naturally muscular person. And so like, it was always like, uh, a thing for me, you know, you know, girls would like make fun of me or something because, you know, I was like, you know, more, more muscular than they were. And I couldn't really, um, you know, understand why they were like making fun of me because I'm like, you know, this is how I am naturally. I don't, I'm not trying, I don't do this. Like I don't work for it. I just, it just happens, you know? <laughs> so, you know, people are kind of jealous, I guess, you know, cause you know, they can't, they have to work for it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. And you, you embraced it. And, and with something like basketball, it's like, yeah, you guys, you guys need to be able to, to jump high and to turn fast. And then you need that, you need that on you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You got to be fast. You got to get the the ball and you got to be tough, you know, so you have to have muscle. It helps to have muscle. Um, So, you know, I just embrace myself as, you know, a muscular person and I love my muscles now. So, you know, you just have to embrace who you are and you know know who you are and not be ashamed of who you are so uh, I think you are a perfect example of that you know you are just being the best version of yourself and you know I just you know I just really admire you and you know I hope that you know you you get more success and more opportunities and I really do appreciate you just you know coming on my show Um, this is my um, first podcast and I'm just super excited that you just took the time to you know, really um, just share your story with me. Is there anything else you want to add? No, I'm really grateful to be here. It's, uh, it's really, I actually didn't know this was one of your first ones. So you, you did awesome. And I, I'm always happy to, like we talked about before, just to see uh, women in, in male dominated industry and sports and, they can, they're good at what they do and they can, they can talk about sports, uh, in, in a very high level way. And it's, it's just awesome to see. I mean, like you, Renee, and I'm, I'm always happy to, to support. So I'm, I'm sure you're going to just keep the momentum going and just crush it. <laughs> Thank you so much. And whatever you're doing, just let me know and I will support you as well. So I just want to end this awesome podcast with stay bold, stay brave, and stay ballin'. Peace. Flowers are blooming, grass is growing, and it's time to chop the weeds. Thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped, you can trim your facial holes safely and efficiently. I'm talking about this new trimmer, man, Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, have an exclusive offer for our audience. Use code MTMV to get 20% off plus free shipping at Manscaped.com. Join the other 2 million, and that's 2 million men who trust manscape they are here to make sure you are trimmed and smelling nice 
After all, it's time for some spring cleaning. Spring has sprung and Manscaped has the best tools to get you ready. Listen, I know you've walked down there, you've gone down there to those bottom stairs and started to do some trimming, man. Below the waist trimming is the absolute worst when you have the wrong tools. I know I can testify to it and I'm sure you can too. If you've been down there, you've had your own little situation, man, look, we are here to help you out. Manscaped are the global leaders leaders in men's below the waist grooming and have forever changed the grooming game with their amazing products. They are here to help you with your above the waist holes too. Have you heard of their weed whacker? The voice has the weed whacker. He absolutely loves it, y'all. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides priority skin safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. No more gross nose hairs flying in the wind, right? The premium Manscaped weed whacker uses 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to delivering maximum confidence while providing excellent hygiene. Speaking of incredible hygiene, Manscaped has formulations to keep you fresh and ready for everything that comes your way all day. Listen, I know a lot of you, uh, are when you go to the website, you're like, man, what do I buy? What can I get that's not so expensive? Like some of you don't really, you want to try the products, but you don't want to really want to spend a lot of money, you know, with the trial, right? You don't want to hop into the performance package. Cool. Try some of the formulations. Start right there, man. They're less than $10. Right? Well, some of them are less than $10, you know, and they're going to really help you you are they're phenomenal the crop um, preserver it's awesome right it's an anti-chafing deodorant um, and moisturizer listen it's starting to get hot outside and this is crucial man you don't want all that stuff sticking to your legs and all that kind of nonsense man it's the absolute worst right you also can get the crop reviver Man, you can spray downstairs. You can spray down there. You know how sweaty that stuff gets. This will keep you smelling fresh down there, just like spring flowers. Speaking of smelling fresh, they also have, man, they went the extra mile. They've completed the grooming game this spring with a new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. This stuff is legit and will have you smelling like absolute royalty. The cologne is light, approachable, gentlemanly in all the right ways. You'll be the talk of the next quarantine, Hank. Smell good. Feel good this spring. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code MTMV, like my team, my voice, MTMV at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and use all the right tools for the job. 